Hello, and welcome to another episode of Who Knew in the Moment, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Friedrich, and today I am honored to have DeAndre Campbell with me. DeAndre is a former NFL player, and now he is a business owner, entrepreneur, and building a uh, health and fitness practice business, and uh, it's been cool to see the growth. So DeAndre, thanks so much for being on today, man. And thank you for having me on the show, man. I'm excited to, you know, share my journey and uh, continue in the great footsteps of this podcast to, you know, help encourage and inspire. You betcha, my man. Well, hey, so let's kick it off. Growing up in Oakland, California, uh, one of the first sports or some of the first sports that you liked were basketball and track. And so just talk about how you got, you know, integrated into sports and uh, what it was about sports originally that really piqued your interest. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so I originally got into sports as, as early as I want to say probably like four or five. Um, I'm the youngest of three brothers. Oh, so, there it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it I guess it, before it was about the sports, it just was about competition, period. Yeah. Um, and then my parents were just like, you guys aren't about to sit in the house all day. So <laughs> uh, go outside and play. So it was like, okay, well, what are we going to play with? And just so happened to be, you know, different sports. And so um, outside of like three years, I just, I just played my brothers. Like we just played either at school or out in the street or in the backyard. And then my first organized sport was, I want to say like second or third grade. And that was soccer. Okay. First organized sport I ever played. And then after that, it went to basketball. And then I just, my, um, I just so happened to play flag football. My brothers, like I said, my, I'm the youngest of three brothers. So yeah. anything that they were involved in, I was involved in sports related. <laughs> so if they played, I played on the younger team. And that's how it happened. I mean, sometimes I would play with my brother who was right over me. He's like yeah. two years older than me. So, you know, when I when he was in fifth grade, I was in third. So I got to play with him on like the, you know, the flag football team or the basketball team and stuff like that. So, you know, being able to play with him and feel like I'm playing with older guys versus, you know, me just playing with kids my age was it was always what I was used to, you know, I was yeah. growing up. I mean, I, I played when I, when I got older, I played with my age group, but I was so used to playing against my brothers that older competition didn't bother me. Like I was never like, Ooh, there's, there's so much bigger. I'm scared. I was like, well, I'm contending with two giants to me every time I play a sport. So whether it's basketball or football or whatever it is, I got two people that's huge in front of me. So I got to figure out some ways to try to win. So absolutely. Um, yeah, man, that's that's how I got started with sports. So, so I want to talk about that because I'm the younger. Uh, uh, I only have one older brother, but I'm the youngest okay. sibling in my family. And I was the same way. He's about five and a half, six years older than me, though. So there's a little bit of a bigger age gap. But I always remember being mad if I didn't win. Like, I never thought, well, I shouldn't be able to win because they're six years older than me, which is a logical thought, right? I mean, when you're six yeah. and they're 12, like, yeah, you, you probably shouldn't be waiting. But like, I, it, that never crossed my mind. It was like, no, I should just be winning. So talk a little bit yeah. about that motivation and kind of the internal fire that comes from that. Yeah, man. So it's, it's funny, like, you know, just sitting here, just thinking, talking to you, thinking about it. It's just like, as a kid, it never registers to me. Like it never registered to me. Like, Oh, they're older than me. They're bigger than me. That means that I more than likely, I'm not going to win. That never occurred to me. It was like, I don't care that you're bigger and you're older than me. Like that, that never mattered to me. It was like, whatever I have to do to put myself in a position to win, that's what I'm going to do. And, yeah. and honestly, you know, for me, uh, having that type of competitive environment, um, it helped me so much 
yeah. later on in life that I didn't even realize it. Like for me, I think one of one of the the, the, the best character traits that I have is that I'll, I'll always be optimistic mm. and I'll always try to find a way to find an opportunity or a way to win. Like I'll always do it. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I'm always trying to think in a way like, okay, there's some pos- there's a potential way. It may not be a lot of options, yeah. but there's a potential way, some way, somehow, that this outcome can work in my favor. And the other thing too is that I, I never, I never got, um, af- I was never afraid to lose. Hmm. Like losing was never, uh, uh, it never, it never was a deterrent to not do it anymore. Yeah. You know, because I lost, like I lost so many times. <laughs> like me and my brothers, we used to be in the backyard playing twenty one, and I remember yeah. it was so bad. It got so bad at one point in time. Like my brother, my oldest brother is so much bigger than me and my other brother that he had broken his arm, had a cast on one hand on his shooting hand and use his other hand and beat us in 21. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And, and those those were the type of days and, and those type of the moments and experiences between out, playing outside and playing video games, like playing Madden yeah. and like and losing and just being like, it'll be like pivotal moments where I would just be so upset that I would start crying. <laughs> like I was literally that, I was literally that pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it never, it never got to the point to where I was like, I quit. I'm never going back to play again. It was like, they were like, you want to play the game? Yeah, I'm playing. Let's go. It don't matter. I'm, but I tell you one thing, when I actually did win a game, when I got that, listen, I may have lost 99 times, 98 times, but those two times, you better believe I got all my trash talking out. That's right. I had 99 losses worth of trash talking to get out. For that one game, not even not even realizing in my mind that it's motivating my brothers that much more to never let me win. That's but right. It just, I mean, like just having that those experiences when I got older and you know I started competing, like losing and failing was like okay, well we still getting back on the horse. Like we're no. not just we're not. There's no there's no back down, no let down. We just go and we gonna go and we gonna go till we really feel like we can't go no more. So that's good. I love yeah. it, man. I love it. Yeah. So in a world today where, you know, you can start playing tackle football when you're like five years old, you know, one would assume, well, all right, Phil kind of intro DeAndre as a former NFL player. So he must have started playing early, but we we didn't get a tackle football start until high school. So talk a little bit about, you know, just what inspired you to get into that or maybe you were recruited into that due to physical size or, you know, skills that people had seen. Yeah, man. So. Um, so like I said, like, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't played, like you said, I hadn't played tackle football, uh, ever. Yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 the gist of my tackle football experience was recess in elementary school and middle school yeah. play on the, out, out on the football field, either playing throw it up tackle, or we had enough kids to like play like a, a good game at recess. But, um, yeah, no. So what happened with me was, was like I said, I'm the, I'm the youngest of three brothers. And so. Um, my oldest brother at the time, he was the first one to like break the ice on uh, playing tackle football in high school. And okay. he didn't play high school. He didn't play in high school to his junior year. Okay. His junior year going into senior, uh, his junior year. And then my brother, when my brother played, my oldest brother played his senior or his junior going into senior year, my brother was a freshman. Okay. And so that's when he started playing. And so naturally when I got there, it was just like, well, okay, well, my brothers are playing tackle football, so I'll just go out and try it, and let's just see. Yeah. In my mind, in my mind, basketball was the avenue that I was headed down. Like, mm-hmm. I had played. It's, it's crazy because I had played, like I told you, I only played 
black football in elementary school. Well, what happened yeah. was, was there was a, a, a coordinator of a rec center that saw me play in a flag football game. And he recruited me to come play for this AAU basketball team. And so okay. I to try out. Mind you, he had never seen me play basketball. He'd only yeah. seen me play football. And so he had me come to the tryout and I made the team. And that was the start of like the love of basketball. And so I traveled mm-hmm. around AAU playing that all throughout elementary school, middle school, and then yeah. got to high school. And it was like, it was a totally new world of football. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I've watched it. I played Madden a lot, but <laughs> being out there and like having on a helmet and shoulder pads and cleats and all that was just like. Uh, okay, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just try to look at I'm gonna try to watch what they do and and do what they do. But, yeah, yeah, man, it was it was a, t- a completely new world coming into high school with with football. Yeah. Now, something that I found interesting in your story is so Marshawn Lynch is a graduate of your high school, and he would put a camp on, and that was one of the, if I understand correctly, one of the first pairs of cleats that you ever got was was from that camp. So talk a little bit about that. That's kind of a cool story. Yeah, man. So, so, um, so Marshawn, you know, Marshawn Lynch is, you know, huge Oakland ride or die, die hard supporter. Right. Um, everybody yeah. knows that, you know, he wears that on his sleeve. Oakland is where he grew up, born, bred, bred and raised. Um, and so for me, you know, in high school, uh, at that point in time, he was, he was in the NFL. And so what he would do is, is he, Marshawn has always been a down to earth person. Like he's always been approachable. You know, he always, you know, people always say visibility is always visibility is important. Yep. There was never a point that I didn't feel like he, he wasn't there mm. to show us as high schoolers that representation mattered and there was a potential life that we could have for ourselves once we got done uh, with high school. Like there was life after high school. Yeah. And so um, he would have these camps. And so um, he had a partnership with Nike, you know, because he had sponsorship. And so he would give out hundreds of pairs of shoes and sometimes he had some football cleats. Well, I hadn't, I had only been playing, I'd only been to probably like, a, like maybe like two or three or like a week's worth of practices during the summertime. And I was in tennis shoes. And so um, it was like, well, I don't have any cleats. I literally didn't know what kind of cleats to get. Like, I didn't even know that there were particular cleats for <laughs> linemen and, and running backs and skill. I, I didn't know. I was just like, okay, well, give me some cleats. So yeah. I ended up going to the camp and getting these cleats. Come to find out these cleats were like lineman cleats. <laughs> So they're like really heavy, right? Yeah. But I didn't know any better. So I'm just out here running with these cleats on. Yeah. You know, I'm like, man, like, okay, like, are, is everybody cleats like this? I don't know. So I just wore those cleats for a little, like for, for a minute, man. Like that's that summer. And then when it got closer to the season and I saw everybody getting like special cleats for like, for like the game, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is like, this is like basketball. Okay. <laughs> you got your practice shoes and you got your game shoes, but they game shoes was filthy. And I, I was over here with these cleats on, with these lineman cleats. <laughs> but I was happy and content. I was like, nah, okay. Right. All right. I'm, I'd actually got a starting spot. So I'm like, I can't be out here just with anything on. I gotta, I gotta look the part. And so that's yeah. when I, you know, upgraded my cleats, but, but yeah, man, him giving me those cleats and him just being there and, you know, showing us that, you know, there is an opportunity for you to have a successful life outside of high school and yeah. be able to come back and give back to the community. So yeah, man, yeah. that was my uh, my first pair of cleats right there. <laughs> so, so something that I want to highlight there, and uh, we're gonna get into this more a little bit later, but you know, something for me. So, I played basketball in college, and you know, so my whole life was all about basketball, and I didn't realize until I graduated how many life lessons I had learned playing a sport 
you know, and once again, that sport seemed like life, right? Uh, and then, you know, you, you graduate and you grow up and you say, all right, there's more to life than this sport. But it, you learn so many lessons. And so something I think of there as you give that story is you, you could have complained and said, oh, well, these cleats aren't as, you know, cool as these guys's or anything. You just took what you had. You didn't know any different and you just started, right? You just wore them regardless. And I think for so many people, right, whether it's starting a business or it's making this life choice, you, you want it to all be perfect on the outside before you'll make the investment of time or of money or of energy. So maybe just talk a little bit about that for you, kind of like the blissful ignorance that is, you know, not knowing that, hey, I'm wearing the wrong type of cleats for the position I play, but just excelling anyway. Um, man, so like the, the I think the, the beauty of that is you learn, it teaches you how to find a way to find a way. Yeah. You know, um, you, you come to realize that um, when you're starting out at anything, it doesn't matter where you're starting out at. It's the fact that you're starting yep. that you have, you have the will. Yeah. Out, like if you, cause every, I mean, cause there's no way that, I mean, you could try to prepare as much as you want to prepare to start, but all that prep work that you're putting into preparing to start, you could actually have just started and be further along because you could have by by already starting, you could have made like two or three mistakes that you learned from yep. that you're still, on the other hand, for trying to prepare for that may or may not ever happen. I love um, it. And so um, that was just a huge thing for me, man. It's just understanding that, okay, I may not have everything that everybody else has, but I know that I have what's within me, which mm -hmm. is the will and desire and the work ethic to put myself in a position to where I may not have everything right now, but eventually. I'm willing to learn and I will put myself in a position to where I have what I need. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. That, that, I think that, that, that really helped me, you know, understanding that early on and it helped me later on in business. Like I, like, for example, like I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily around a lot of personal trainers or trainers. I, I had strength and conditioning coaches, but I didn't see them run a business. They just helped us get bigger, stronger and faster because we were playing for that foot. We were playing for that team. Yep. You know, so I didn't see, you know, how, like the ins and outs, it was just like, okay, well, I know I have the, I know I have the, the experience for one. Yeah. I know I've gotten my body in, in tip top shape. Yeah. I know how to, I know how to diet. So people are, are constantly coming up to me, asking me, I'm like, okay, well, let's get started. Yeah. And as I, as I went, I learned more and more about, you know, about, about having, you know, count your, you know, some people count their calories, count your macros, your micros, you know, uh, uh, making sure you log everything, you know, making sure your regiments are, are, are tip top and in shape and customizing packages and all these different things that I learned along the way that if I would have still just been back there, I mean, like, well, I don't know this, so I can't start. What I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been anywhere. I would have still yeah. been back there because I would have just been stuck, you know, that's and it's so like, good. It's, it's a, it's a, it's so much that's, that can be learned once you start that yeah. there's nothing that you can train to or prepare you for that, that moment. Um, yes. so, um, yeah, that's, that's just been what it was for me, man. It's just having that belief that whatever it is that I put my mind to and my heart in that I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure it's successful. And that's there's nothing, there's nothing that anybody else outside of me can control or mess up or manipulate to where they take away my inner belief in myself. So. Boom. That is great. <laughs> So yeah. as we're going through high school, we start having success on both the offensive and the defensive side. 
of of the ball which once again in high school isn't necessarily uncommon for certain positions right mm-hmm. um, but there's a day where you're going to church and a person in the church gives you a newspaper and this just gets the fire burning so talk a little bit uh, about that moment yeah man so so i played my i played my um it was my junior year my junior year of football was had, had gone we had had like the football banquet you know i found out i made like all league honors you know, I was like one of the offensive MVPs of the team and stuff like that. So I knew all that stuff. But like I said, in my mind, I was so focusing on basketball because I knew it was my junior year. And I was like, I know junior year in basketball is a huge year. So, I, OK, I got through the football season. These coaches had me working on it all offseason to where I was, you know, foregoing some of my basketball tournaments so I could be there lifting and running and doing whatever they was asking me to do because they saw the potential in me. But I was like, yeah, 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 I feel what y'all saying, but. I'm not worried about that. I'm going I'm to go in here on this hoop court. Yeah. So middle of the basketball season. And, um, you know, I really wasn't in the weight room a lot for football because I was a basketball season. So yeah. um, I'm at church one Sunday and the, the deacon at my church during football season every week, he used to give me the, the paper. He used to give me the part or paper sports section where it showed the stats and he would tell me my stats. Because at that time there was no huddle wasn't there. <laughs> huddle didn't exist. There was no, none of that. Like my, my recruit, I laugh, people laugh at me all the time. I tell my recruiting highlight tape was on a VHS. Yeah. That they had, and my coach took a converter with a VHS, a DVD to make it a DVD player for it. So they, so they could play at UW on like signing day or whatever. So people could see my highlight. (laughs) So like, there was no like technology out there that was really like helping me like get the exposure. So in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I had a good season. You know, I made all the, that's cool basketball. So then just one Sunday, he just came and he was like, hey, your face, there's a picture of you in the newspaper. And I'm like, I mean, I had a cool, I had a cool game. I think I had like 15 or you know, 15, 10 points or 15, like maybe a double-double, you know, yeah. at a regular like league game. So I'm like, I in a paper, okay? So I look at a paper, a piece of paper or his newspaper article, and it's like the cream of the crop, class of 2010, cream of the crop players for the class of 2010. I'm like, what does it mean to be cream of the crop player? I don't even know. I don't even know what this is. And so then I just started looking at all the different guys on there. And so it was the the top recruits coming out of high school for the for the upcoming year. And so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I see my name in my picture, and I'm like, I'm one of the, I'm one of, I done made it to one of the top. I'm one of the top players. I, wait, I'm actually that good at football. That's yeah. that's actually how good I am. That they think that I had that great of a season that. I'm one of the top players. Okay. All right. All right. Huh. What does that mean? I still don't know what that means because like I said, football was never really anything. Yeah. Like I didn't know the process of getting recruited. Like there was no any of that. So um, you know, seeing that newspaper, seeing my face in it, and like realizing, like, okay, like, so I could actually get a scholarship. <laughs> okay, cool. And literally that Monday is when I got home from school is when I started getting like those college recruit letters. Yeah. So up until this point, there was nothing like football related or, you know, college related when it came to football. It was like literally from that day, from that Sunday, that Monday is when I started getting recruited and I got those letters and then college coaches started calling. And I was just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
I still don't really know what's going on, but <laughs> hey, we're here now and we just gonna roll with it. So that's how that all happened, bro. Like it was crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. So within the recruiting process, it, it's one of those really cool things, right? I mean, everyone likes to be like the center of attention from people and have them, you know, wanting you. At the same token, it's slightly stressful, right? You know, you're trying to live your normal life and yet you feel like everyone keeps telling you, Hey, this is one of the biggest decisions you're ever going to make. And you're like, all right, well, I better not mess this decision up. So talk about just kind of your support circle and, you know, how you end up picking uh, Washington as the university you're going to head to. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so as far as like the recruiting process goes, man, like I, like I said, I didn't really know about recruiting to like, I didn't know anything about recruiting. Yeah. I didn't know like, like I said, I had a goal to play college football, but I still knew nothing about recruiting. I just knew that a, a school could come see me and I would get an opportunity. Like I knew, that's all I knew. But when it came to recruiting, you know, college coaches reaching out, you know, um, they're offering you a scholarship. Um, and then what comes with that is now you get all this publicity and notoriety from people that you don't even know. And so yeah. it's like, now the things that you do, it's like, oh, okay, you're not just DeAndre Campbell from, you know, Oakland, California. Now you're, oh, you're DeAndre Campbell from Oakland Tech, one of the top uh, 15 players, top 20 players in the whole Bay Area. You went to Oakland Tech High School. This is what your stat line was last year. Uh, we're looking for great things out of you next year. And I'm just like, you don't even know me, <laughs> but you know all this about me. Like I've yeah. never met you. We've never shaken hands. All right. So now you know me. All right, cool. Um, and then, you know, the news articles, you know, so now, you know, I'm getting interviewed, they ask me questions. I'm like, this is, what is going on? Like all this is happening. And so the, for me, I had the, the support that I had was my high school coaches. Um, they really, they really showed me like, and like helped walk me through everything. Like, yeah. uh, like if a coach called, they would call them or if they call, if a coach called me, I would call them just to run things by them. Um, and ultimately, um, as well as my family, you know, my family, my parents, they really didn't know much about recruiting. Neither one of them were um, college athletes or anything like that. Um, so they didn't really know much about it as well. And so they were leaning on a coach as well. Um, but the thing that I loved most of my parents and their support was that there was never any pressure. Hmm. You know, yeah. there was never um, an expectation that you have to go pro, you know, nice. or that you have to get a scholarship. You know, their biggest thing to be was that we just want you to go out there and do your best and whatever it is that you're doing, we're, we're going to support you in that. And so yeah. um, that made that made it so much easier, you know, because I mean, even my experience with training, like, you know, sometimes parents want the dream for their kids more than their kids want the dream for themselves. And yep. so, you know, you run, you know, me as a trainer, sometimes, you know, it's, it's and it doesn't happen often, um, but, you know, you run like the 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 dichotomy of trying to build a relationship with the player and keep that personable, but also understand that the parents have these goals that they have in mind outside of maybe even the scope of what the kid actually wants. Yeah. And so um, not having that pressure, you know, definitely helped. And then, you know, my high school coaches were like, you know, I had at this point in time, I had had probably about like five or six offers and I go to the weight room. Um, this is going, this is uh, going into my, my senior year. So yeah. I'm going into my senior year. And my coaches pulled me, you know, pulled me aside and like, hey, man, um, we're just, we all, uh, all this coach, we're trying to figure out why you haven't uh, taken, a, why you haven't uh, committed to University of Washington yet, you got that offer. And I was like, well, uh, I was taking the advice you guys gave me and you guys told me to just, you know, uh, take all my visits first because you got five visits. 
take yeah. off business first and then commit. They were like, yeah, we know we said that, but we don't think you should pass up on this offer. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, why? Like, what is, cause like I said, I don't know right. much about recruiting. Yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what to look for in a college football team or in a college, I, I don't know. And yeah. so they tell me, you know, that Steve Sarkeesian, he's a new head coach and he had, you know, he ran a, a NFL, a pro style offense. So mm-hmm. they were like, you know, you run a pro style offense in four to five years of college, when you get to the NFL, it'll be second nature to you versus those guys who are in spread offenses or whatever type of offenses in college, they have a hard learning curve. It was right. like, easier learning curve. And then the other thing was that Sarkeesian is also a great coach. So he always has great quarterbacks. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. They was like, well, if he's going to have a great quarterback, what do great quarterbacks need? Receivers, that could be you. And I was also in Coach Sark's first recruiting class. So normally when it comes to recruiting, if a coach – if a coach really likes you, they're going to recruit you in their first recruiting class because they know to the university, these kids are the ideal image of what they expect the prototype uh, yeah. to be for that school moving forward in the future. So yep. the fact that he wanted me there. Um, and then the other thing too was um, when they called me and offered me, they told me, like, like you said, like I play both sides of the ball. Yeah. So they didn't know at the time they recruited me as an athlete because they didn't know if they wanted me to play offense receiver, if they wanted me to play safety, I'm on defense. And so they were just saying, we just want you, we don't care which side of the ball you're on. We just want you here. Yeah. So, um, once they told me, once my high school coach was like, yeah, we don't think you should pass that up. It was like, okay, well, I'm listening to you. I didn't listen to you guys this entire way, <laughs> the entire process. I'm not going to shift. Now. <laughs> I just, that day, I think after we got done with workouts, I called Coach Sart and I committed. And at that point, I didn't take any other visits. I just, what I did was I verbally committed. But what I did, I told my football coach, I said this, I said, listen, I said, I've trusted you guys this entire way. Yep. And I'm committing to UW. I'm giving them the verbal commitment. But I'm going to take this visit. And if I go out here to Seattle and I don't like it, I'm decommitting. Yeah. That's fine. And so I ended up not even taking my visit until after my senior football season was over. So it was like December, like December 1st, first week of December. Yeah. I came out here for a visit. And when I came out here, man, it was just like, all right, you made the right choice. Yeah. Right choice. So, um, yeah, man, I've, I've just been, I've, I, you know, having that support system definitely helped because, you know, without them, I wouldn't have known what to do. Right. And then also having my parents just be supportive through the whole thing and just, you know, have my back through whatever it was without any like pressure that also helped. So absolutely. Yeah, man. I love it. So we get we're in Washington now. We're going to school and everyone knows there is just a steep learning curve when you go from, you know, grade school to high school, high school to college, college to pros, just the way it is. Kind of like we joked about earlier, you know, when you have older siblings, it's like you get to college. Sometimes you're 18 and there's some guys that maybe redshirted a couple of years, transferred a couple of times and all of a sudden they're 24 and you're like, that's a man and I'm a boy. I'm I'm still developing here. And so, so there's a lot of uh, just, you know, growth adaptation, but talk about some of the first moments of, you know, getting the confidence that, Hey, I'm going to be able to compete at a high level in college. Um, so I would say for me, that happened, um, it happened my, it happened my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, when I came to UW, I was like, I was only like 172. Like I wasn't a big receiver. I didn't have yeah. a wide frame. 
or anything like that. I was just tall. So there was like a, you know, I had the frame to be able to get bigger. I just didn't, I just didn't have the weight behind it. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and that was the other thing too was, was growing up, I, I didn't, I hardly ever ate three meals a day. Like I was so busy that like, even in high school, like my, my meal, like what I ate was terrible. <laughs> I think, I think to myself sometimes I'll just be like, man, like, I ate as bad as I ate and I was still out there performing at as high of a level as I was. Like, right. how did I even do, I don't even know how I did that. <laughs> but when I got to college, man, you know, they had like the, you know, we had to eat healthier meals. And so, yeah. um, you know, started eating the healthier meals and eating three times a day and then having snacks in between, I started to get bigger. And so um, what I think the, the pit, one, one of the pivotal moments that, you know, for me was like, okay, I can be here was during training camp. Mm -hmm. um, and although like the learning curve of the plays was hard, like yeah. that was like the hardest part. Um, like, like my, like I told you before, my competitive drive has always been there. So yeah. whether I know exactly what I'm doing or not, I'm, if I'm losing, I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. And so it was just like, it was in that, in that first, it was in that first training camp, you know, like it'd be like some random days, you know, I would just make a big play and it was just like, I'm going up against these guys that are juniors and I'm only a freshman. They've been lifting. They can lift a lot more than me, but somehow, some way, I'm able to go out here and make a play. Yeah. And so it was like one of the one, like you know, early on, those were the moments where it was just like, you know, you're you're meant to be here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like you know, because early on, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out, you're trying to figure out the lay of the land. You're trying to your your whole life has literally changed in a matter of a week yeah. <laughs> or or a couple months. To where what you know and what you're familiar, most familiar with is no longer there. Yeah. And so navigating that and then trying to navigate school, navigating having to now I have to wake up for a 6 a.m. workout. What? <laughs> workout at 6 a.m.? I had never worked out in my life at 6 a.m. up until yeah. that point. Yeah. I only worked out after school. Morning lifts were were far. I, I didn't even know what that was. Right. Um, and so, you know, adjusting to all of that and then trying to, you know, get this playbook, get this regiment down, get this routine, but still being able to find those. And with all that like pressure of, you know, it all being new, still trying to get the playbook, but, and not be over, overly stressed, find, you know, opportunities through training camp to keep me motivated and make me feel like I belong. Like those were yeah. like pivotal moments because it was like, okay, it may be tough right now, but just keep, just keep going. Yeah. Will you get? I know your feet are shaking. Your legs are shaking right now, but you get your feet under you. Yep. It's going. You're going to be a problem. And so once I once I started, you know, to get more acclimated and getting a better feel, it was just like, okay, now we're here. And the beauty yeah. of it was that worked out for me was, like I said, I had those, you know, those moments where it showed me that I could I could be there. I just didn't have them consistently enough for the coaching staff, so they ended up redshirting me, which at the at that point in time I was pissed about. Yeah. But I look back on it, it was a blessing in disguise because it gave me a full year. Yeah. A full season, just go through the season, see how the season was gonna go, get used to, you know, having to go to class, to to go to workouts, to go from game, to go from, you know, to uh to games when you're missing class, you gotta make up class and you know, just getting familiar with the lay of the land that helped me so much that by the time the season was over, I was already ready. I was already but when the season was over, I told myself, okay, you're done redshirting. If I hadn't had that redshirt year, I think it probably would have, it would have held me back. 
It would help me yeah. back trying to balance everything, you know. So not having to worry about games. Yeah. That helped me so much. It helped me so much. Absolutely. So yeah. while you're there, a teammate of yours and a locker mate or locker neighbor uh, ends up getting to go to the NFL. And this is a moment for you where you're like, that could be something that can happen for me. Uh, so talk a little bit about that and, you know, the power of seeing it happen for someone else and then the confidence that that can give you seeing someone do it first. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so uh, in college, you know, I mean, even coming to college, I, my, my main focus was to get a degree mm -hmm. um, because like I said, I wasn't necessarily familiar with football to the extent to where it was just like, you know, like a lot of people was like, this is my childhood dream. I've been playing <laughs> since I was five years old. You know, they got all these old videos of them, you know, the way you could barely see the footage because it's so blurry. Yeah. Them, the kid, you know, throwing the ball back and forth between them and their dad. And yeah, I, that's none, that's not in my story at all. <laughs> so I, I knew that the biggest thing that my coaches even talked to me about in high school was, listen, this is a way for your parents not to have to pay for you to go to school and you can yeah. go to school for free. And I was just like, free. Okay. Well, I'm the youngest. So I saw my oldest brother. He went to community college. I saw what he had to pay for that. And then my brother right over me, he was extremely smart. Um, he had like a 4.2. He'd yeah. only had like two or three B's in his life up until he graduated high school and it got on my nerves because I'm trying to compete with him. And yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, so I didn't really know anything other than like, okay, I'm going out here to get this football. I'm going out here to get a scholarship to pay for school, to get these degrees because nobody, people could try to take whatever they want away from me, but they can't take away this degree. That's, that's what right. My, that's what my high school coaches told me. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going here to get the degree. So, but I just knew that football was a way for me to get the degree. Mm. Well, um, I was never, I was never not a hard worker. So I knew how to work hard. I knew how to be coachable. You know, I knew all those things. Um, and so, like I said, I had just got done redshirting. So it was just like, okay. Um, you know, I had my redshirt season, um, my redshirt freshman year. And I seen, uh, that Jermaine curse got picked up by the Seahawks and I'm like, and so he gets picked up. And so like Jermaine's out there doing his thing. And I'm like, I was just in a locker room with Jermaine. Like, yeah. I've, I've, I've been, he's been my locker mate or like two lockers down every day. I've worked out with him. We've been, we've sat in meetings. We've been on trips, all of this. And I know how hard he works because I've trained with him. Yeah. This is what it took for him to get there. And now he's out there killing it like that. Like, in my mind, it was just like the NFL went. So, like, if the NFL in, in my mind was here, in that moment, it went to here. Right, yeah. Just like, literally, I could almost reach out. It was like, if you could almost reach out and touch something, that's what went off in my mind. It was like that yeah. slow of me just, just <laughs> want to reach for the NFL. And it was just like, bro, you, you're, you're, you're not that far away from the opportunity to be able to do that if you continue to work hard. Yes. Like, it's right there. Yep. And you can do it. You just got to believe and put the work in. And for, and that gave me another level of motivation, man, because it was just like, you know, your dreams aren't as far away as you think they are. You know, yeah. sometimes you put your, you put the limit on yourself to think like, you know, it's not tangible when in actuality you've been putting in the work to make it happen and didn't even know it. And yeah. so once I saw that, it was just like, all right, listen, you got four, you got three more years. 
Yep. And the opportunity to go make that same thing happen is going to be here. What are we going to do between now and three years from now? Yeah. And so once I saw that, it was just like, oh, okay, bet. All right, I know what to do. Let's just put the work in because I've seen him do it. Yes. You know, and that's the thing too. It was just like, you know, when you see somebody, like when you see somebody reach a level of success, yep. right? And you know what it took behind the scenes. Once they get to that level, it's like, I saw the blueprint. Right. I saw the blueprint. <clears throat> I saw the blueprint on how they get there, on how they got there. If I do the same thing, I know exactly how to get there. Yeah. It like, oh, it's like, oh, bam. It ain't as hard as, as I thought it was. Right. So it's like, once I realized, okay, this is more tangible and realistic than I thought it was, I was like, oh, yeah. okay, we got this. I love that. And, and I think you're so right, right? When you can kind of see the behind the scenes of what's happening, it makes it that much more attainable. Because it's not like, oh, they're just unbelievably more gifted than I am. It's like, well, no, I saw them work their butts off. They definitely have talent, but they work their butts off. But I'm doing the same thing. Right. Right. I love right, it, man. Man. Yeah, no, and it was just like, okay, well, now we know we got to do to get to that level because I, I knew his talent level. Yeah. You know, I, I knew where he had gotten to. So it was just like, okay, I'm right behind him. Like Jermaine was literally the receiver that was right in front of me. Yeah. Like on the depth chart. So it was like, I know, I know this guy. Like, cause oh. we were just compete with each other and I'm trying to figure out how I could take his spot to get on the field. Now he's in the NFL. Oh. Okay. All right. We're not that far. Like we can, it's out there. We just got to put the work in to get ourselves physically in shape and mentally ready to lock in and go out there and excel on the field. So that's yeah, so man. good. So as your career is progressing, uh, you know, time at Washington is, is coming to an end. And that means that, yeah, that next phase, that NFL is, is what's happening next. And so there's pro days, there's combines, there's, you know, ways to just show, show off the, the number side of what maybe you can't just see on a football field and talk about going through the process and then draft day in the, the subsequent, you know, hours and days thereafter. Yeah, man. So um, so I get done with my, my last game. Uh, I want to say it was like the 29th of December or something like that. We played, uh, UW, we played in the, I forgot what bowl game it was, but it was in Arizona. I know it was, it was in Tucson. I think I want to say, no, no, it was in, it was in Tucson, uh, or no, wherever Arizona state is. I don't know where, yeah. but, um, so we're there. Then I come back, come back here. And then I went for like, I went on a, uh, like a retreat or like some type of um, educational retreat or whatever for like athletes. So okay. I did that the first week of January. After that, I came back out here and I trained uh, from that, from the second week of January to my pro day, which was like the middle of April or the, the, towards the end of April. Um, I trained six days a week, um, twice a day. Uh, I had to eat, I would eat um, with two of my meals, like with lunch and dinner, it would be like a pound of meat, um, some type of rice, vegetables mixed in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, like it was regimented, calculated, a true grind because in my draft group, my draft class group that I worked out with, um, we had, we had I, I was the last person out of the whole group to do a pro day. So Guys were leaving like early March, yeah. Um, towards the end of March, beginning of April, I'm still there working out, like grinding, like grinding. Because all throughout my entire process, I had a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Like 
I told myself, okay, I have, I may not have had the most productive college career, but I've worked too hard to just quit now. Mm. Like I put in way too many hours to just be like, you know what? We're not going to try. Yeah. Like the, I, I was like, yeah, life. Okay. You may never play a down of football again in your life. That's fine. If we get to that point, but we're not going to get to that point without trying. Yeah. Like putting forth as much effort as possible. Like I, I tell you, like I was locked in, like yeah. I was focused. Um, I, I hardly went up to UW, like, even though I was, I, I was training in Bellevue, um, at this spot called uh, Four Sports Performance um, at the time. And I, I intentionally didn't go to Seattle. Like there's like a, a, a highway that there's a bridge from Bellevue to Seattle that you could cross just yeah. to go. And like the bridge takes you right to UW. I, I intentionally didn't go on either bridge. I would drive around and just go the other way south just to not go to Seattle because <laughs> I didn't want anybody on campus to see me. Like yeah. I didn't see me. Like, I wanted them to to have remembered me when I left the last point, last moment they saw me, and I wanted them to see me come back mm. on pro day as a different person. Yep. So that so so by the time I actually did come back on pro day, everybody was looking like at me with so so much surprise because my body had changed. I gained like 12 pounds of muscle, literally. And then I go out there and the numbers that I put up for my pro day, nobody was expecting. And so um you know, like going through that whole process, man, like it was a grind. But yeah. um, when I got out there on a pro day, because literally my body didn't feel fresh the entire time I trained. Like mm. at no point in time did I feel fresh. And they said that that was that was the that was the part that was a part of the the reasoning. Like you were you're not gonna feel fresh until it's time to get out there and run. And so when I got out there and ran, and like I did like the jumps and stuff, I was like what? I'm able to do this? Yeah. Because I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, I didn't feel good enough to be able to do this. Like, all my numbers, my my, my times were slow. My number, I wasn't jumping high or anything like that. And it wasn't, and I was like, I was down on myself, but it wasn't until my trainer was like, hey, you're not fresh. Like, you're been, you've been grinding this whole time. Wait till it's time to get towards pro day. We're going to start dialing it back a little bit. Yeah. Get you back fresh. So by the time my pro day came and I was fresh and I was I was surprising myself, but I had that confidence because I knew I had grinded my butt off. Yep. Six days a week, twice a day, and I had this strict meal plan to get me cut up and ready to go. Yes. So, um, you know, going out there and killing a pro day, being like the surprise of pro day, then going to um, I did since I was from since I'm from Oakland, uh, they let me come go back to Oakland and I did the local day which okay. is like, you know, they bring like college athletes from, you know, whatever state you're from, whatever city you're from. Yeah. If they have an NFL team that you can come do a, work, a private workout. So I did that for the Raiders first and I did it for the 49ers. And then I came back to Seattle and I did the one for the Seahawks. And mm. so um, all that was leading up to the draft. Um, and then for the draft, uh, I actually went back, I went back home. And at that time, well, still to this day, my, I grew up in a mixed household as far as Raiders and 49ers. <laughs> you grew up a Raiders fan and 49ers fan. Well, I grew up a Raiders fan, um, but my grandfather was one of my favorite people in the world, like one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, his favorite team was the 49ers. And so 
Um, I went back home, and when I went back home to watch the draft, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to be like a day one pick. Like, yeah. I mean, I believe in myself, but I wasn't. I wasn't being dumb about it. Like, I was being realistic. Yeah. Um, it, was, it, it was a. It was a. It was a long shot of me getting drafted, but I still believe that I was going to get the opportunity. So, um, I'm sit. I, I chose to sit alone on the last day of the draft. I chose to sit alone in the room and um, by myself. And I sat in my grandfather's chair. And so uh, I got the call from the 49ers while I was sitting in my grandfather's chair. They were like, hey man, um, we don't know if we're gonna pick with this last pick in the draft or not, but we wanna bring you in. Um, we wanna bring you in for offseason training. And they, yeah. I was like, okay. So I called my agent right after that. And he said, yeah, we have them surfers, one of the teams that you wanna go to. And so then he called them back and I got the, I got the, uh, I signed. Yes. And it was funny because as soon as I got off the phone, uh, my family was on the other side of the door. They bombarded the door because I was upstairs. So they were downstairs. So yeah. I, they heard me talking or whatever, but they were behind, they was creeping the door. Like, <laughs> I was like, come in, they called. They were, but yeah, man, I, that, that moment was like to have that moment. I, like I, it was important for me to have that moment by myself. Yeah. Because I was like, if I don't get the call, I can like I'll be able to have this moment that I didn't get the call. Yep. You know, but if I did get the call, you know, I was still gonna have this moment either way that I had worked my butt off to this moment and yep. that I could I I could walk away from it with my head mm -hmm. held high. You know, because yep. that that was that was the we the reason I had started that process back the second week of January was because I wasn't gonna let the opportunity that I had worked so hard for. And that seems so close within reach, just, just not do it at all. Like yep. I had opportunities to get like, you know, a, a corporate job, you know, there, there were I, like, I literally had the job offers ready to go that first week in January, but I had hired an agent and the agent was like, no, you're not doing that. You're going yeah. to train. So I was like, okay. I was like, I knew, I knew that the corporate job would be there. Yeah. I knew that my opportunity and window to live out my dream wouldn't. So I was yep. like, why not just try? Yeah. What do you lose from trying? I love it. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And the 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 craziest part was is I didn't lose anything from trying, but I gained everything from the process. Yep. Like the process that I went through to get my body in tip top shape. You know, the fact that I stayed away from you know the people on campus. The fact that I had to eat what I had to eat. The fact that even when I didn't want to work out, I had to work out. I had to take these supplements. I had to take the protein powder. Like. Yep. all that was it made sense it was for that moment you know but if I had never if I had made up in my mind the beginning of January that I wasn't going to do anything at all and I was just going to just let it go I would have never been better before been better for it that's so good man so, that's so good yeah, so man. over the next two years you're with the Niners then after those two years you end up transitioning to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers mm-hmm so talk about as football kind of comes to an end for you uh, in regards to playing, right? It doesn't have to end, but there's, there's that thing where you say, you know, even though I didn't play my first tackle game until freshman year of high school, I mean, that's still like an 11 year time frame where football was kind of like the biggest thing in your life. So yeah. Yeah. talk a little bit about the process of working through that and, you know, just being like, all right, DeAndre is more than just a football player, right? I'm not defined by football that even though that's a part of me. Yeah. Yeah, man. So for me, man, like I would say, 
I would say I've been blessed and I've been fortunate enough to always have people in my corner that saw the potential in me. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, as and then once I once athletics became a part of me, like the part of my identity and my makeup, I still had those people in my corner that believed in me before I had sports. Mm, yeah. You know, so they saw who I they saw the nature of who I was outside of the game of football. And yeah. so I had people that, you know, um imparted wisdom and encouragement on me, you know, that I was more than an athlete. Yeah. Um, and I I embodied that in myself in college because I knew that um there was the stigma that, you know, you know, as a black athlete, you're gonna come to college and you know they're gonna have somebody taking your test for you. Or, you know, uh, you know, the tutors are going to be doing your homework and, you know, the teachers are going to just be letting you pass. And, yeah. and, you know, now you got a stigma about you. You got a stigma around you from your classmates because they think that, you know, you're getting everything handed to you on a silver platter. And then you got the teachers because they think that everybody adores you. They don't really want to help you. So it's like you got to battle with that. Right. And you still got to go to class and you still got to do your, do your stuff. And so... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't buy into that. Like, I didn't buy into that notion. Like I was like, no, I'm here to get an education. So yeah. I'm going to take, I'm going to take it seriously. Yeah. And so I took it seriously. And so, you know, I, I ended up majoring in political science. They didn't even want me to do that. Like, it was like, well, you know, that's going to be the more challenging route because you know, you, you're not going to have as much availability to focus or time to focus on football. And I was like, listen, I'll make time. Like I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, you're not just going to regiment me. Like I'm going to yeah. take, I'm going to take this opportunity, like this full, full advantage of this opportunity, yep. you know, because I told you my initial thought process was I'm coming here to get this degree, right? Like yeah. football is cool, but I'm coming here to get this degree. Yep. So I just took that same philosophy and I applied it to that. You know what I'm saying? And so I was always, always knew I was more than an athlete. Like I would go to like the career fairs and stuff like that, just to see what type of options and opportunities there were outside of football, because I always knew that football would come to an end. Yep. Like there was no point in time where I was completely bought into football and I didn't think that it was coming to an end. I yeah. always knew that. And it was just like, okay, well, you got to figure out what you want to do outside of that. Mm. And so I tampered with that a little bit in college, yeah. but I didn't tamper with not, not, not to the degree I could have or yeah. to really know myself outside of football. And so I knew that I was more than an athlete. I just didn't know what that all entailed. And yeah. so, um, you know, going from, you know, just, you know, even, even in high school, like I said, getting news articles written about you, you know, I started to change or things started to change for my reality then. And it mm. almost, it's almost like you step into like a limelight or like a celebrity status in a way to where your whole life is like on, on a stage for everybody to see. Yeah. And so everybody started to know me as DeAndre, the football player, DeAndre, the football player, you know, Oh, what do you do for a living? Uh, uh, what do you do for a living? And that was always a topic of discussion. Right. It went from that always been a topic of discussion to not being discussed at all. Yep. Like, like you said, over a decade, yeah. that being a part of who you are, and then at a drop of diamonds, it's gone just like that. Yeah. And so for me, man, it was crazy. Like it was, it was I, I, I went through an identity crisis. Yeah. Like I definitely went through an identity crisis because you know now when people ask me, you know, what do you do? It's like, what do I do? <laughs> well, I used to. Yeah, I, I used to, but what do you do now? And yeah. it was just like, okay, um, how do I how do I pivot my life to make sense now? Yeah, because it made sense with what I was doing and how I was living, but yeah. 
you're not that anymore. So the next phase of your life, what are you going to do? Who are you going to be? Yeah. And so, man, it was just, it was trial and error, you know, yeah. trial and error. Um, you know, I started doing the football training and um, that started just randomly. Yeah. Like there was a guy that I was, that I was training, one of my training partners at the time, he was like, Hey man, you know, I got this training business, you know, I'm helping out receivers. Would you be interested in making some money, you know, on the side? And I was at that point in time, I wasn't making any money. Yeah. You know, like I, I got paid, you know, from the 49ers or whatever, but you don't get paid in the off season. So, yeah. you know, I, all I was doing, was, was, all I was seeing in my bank was withdrawal, withdrawal, withdrawal. <laughs> I'm like, man, like I just can't just see this just keep going down daily and not making no money coming in. Like, we got to do something. So <laughs> I told him I would check it out. And so yeah. I came to one of his sessions, came to one of his sessions. And after that session, I saw him do his thing or whatever. And he was like, all right, well, I'm about to go to OTAs. Here you go. And so it was like, <laughs> okay. So I literally just figured it out. Like, it yeah. was just the, the, the nature of me just understanding the game understanding what a kid needs to be able to do. And then I had one, like one of the, he was like probably the 34th kid that I trained and he had never played receiver. Mm. And this is why I'm still going through my identity crisis, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Right. And so um, we're, we probably trained like three or four sessions and his dad comes to me after the session is over and is like, Hey, um, I just want you to know, man, you've been like a godsend to my family. And, I'm, and, you know, my, my son, he's doing better, uh, you know, he's doing better at his team's practices. He's, you know, making plays a receiver. His routes yeah. are better. Um, his, he's getting his schoolwork done. Um, he's better at home with his chores and everything. And, you know, it hasn't, we haven't seen this adjustment and change until he started training with you. And so yeah. I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. I really appreciate you and my son appreciates you as well. And so I'm just, me just being the modest person as I am, I'm just like, thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Like, no problem. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Cool. Yeah. So I ended up sitting in my car after that session was over for like an hour and a half. And I was just thinking to myself, like, man, like, that guy really appreciated what you just did out there. And, yeah. I, and I'm thinking to myself, I wasn't doing anything spectacular. I'm just going out there training, training the kid, telling him some stuff, some tips and stuff to help him get better. And then we talk about life, mixing in like a little life lesson here and there. Yeah. And it's really changing his life like that. Hmm. This may be the next, this potentially could be the next thing that you do. Yeah. What's your life? Like this could be what everything, all those different things that you went through up until this point is for to help somebody else. And I'm like, we don't know. I don't know about that yet. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see in time because I was still training. Yeah. So that's how that's how the, the the transition started, man. Like it was like it literally went from uh it's you're done to what am I going to do? Who am I? And yeah. then I started to just see as I continued to search, my purpose started to reveal itself. And I've been working in that ever since. I, I think something that's super important to highlight there is, you know, how other centered first you were. And then because of that, you were fulfilled, right? I think so frequently we're looking to fulfill ourselves that we forget that what we're doing impacts others and you wind up just searching whatever is important to you and you're missing all the opportunities along the way because you're so self-centered or self-focused right yeah 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 no and and, and for me man it helped me it, it helped me more than I knew you know yeah. because at that point in time you know I just remember the, the thing that I remember the most about that experience of sitting in the car is how it made me feel 
Mm. You know, I knew, I knew, you know, they had paid me like, some, like a, a little bit of money, you know, whatever it was at the time. Um, but I just remember sitting in that car and like the warmth that I felt, yeah. you know, like the, the affirmation, like the, the confirmation that I felt like you're impacting this kid's life. Like, it's not just, it's not just football. Right. Like, this isn't, this goes beyond the football. Like, yeah. the drills, the cones, all of that. Like, he's taking what you're saying and he's using, applying it to his life to make him better so that he can make better choices. So in the future, when he's your age, he'll have remembered the lessons that you taught him. And for me, that was extremely powerful. And I had, it, it didn't register in my mind up until that point. It's yeah. like, I, like I said, when he's thanking me, I'm just like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. But like realizing that like the same thing that I'm doing for him is to a degree what Marshawn did for me. Right. You know? And so yeah. now it's like, wow. Okay. This is deeper than we expected it to be. Uh but how it make, but how did it make you feel? And it was just like, I had like, I, I felt that warmth. Yeah. It's like a warmth inside. And it was just like, you know, this is something, this may not make you a whole lot of money, but you'll, you'll be fed on the inside to where you'll be at peace. Yeah. You know, because you know that you're walking in your purpose by doing work like this. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely certain. Like you said, like thinking outside of myself and, and being able and like being in service to others has, um it's definitely fulfilled me as a person you know but it's also turned into success yeah so yeah man I love yeah i love it well deandre i want to say thank you so much for sharing your story and all the pivotal moments i mean from starting with basketball getting the opportunity to you know play tackle football for the first time in high school the newspaper then washington the niners and then running your business today uh, i'm super excited to continue to follow your story and at the end of the day man uh, as you continue to grow that, I'm sure we're gonna have to do this again in like three oh, yeah. or five years as, <laughs> as the business explodes and, yeah. and keeps growing, man. So I want to say thank you again. No, no problem. No problem. Thank you for having me.